0: Yeah. Are you ready to record the House Town Boots?
1: I'm ready to record the House down Boots. No cap, <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to do it.
0: Well, let's fucking do it then.
1: Let's do it. Let's record the House down Boots.
0: Best.
1: Mistakes. Ow. Hi.
0: Hi. We're back. <laughs> Back from where, you may ask?
1: Not Vermont, because we're still here. Because we're still in Vermont. <laughs> we won't be by the time this episode comes out.
0: No, we're going to... By the time this episode <laughs> comes out, we'll be getting back from Rhode Island. Yeah. Oof. What? I mean, there's just so much happening in such a short amount of time. Oh, I know. I mean, not in a bad way. Yeah. But just... Uh, Life comes at you fast, is all I'm saying. Absolutely. But yeah, we're recording from Vermont right now. Um, In a couple days, we're going to Rhode Island. Then we're back in New York City during the summertime. (sighs) time. Um, and then hopefully just right back out of New York as soon as possible. As soon as possible. <laughs>
1: yeah, that would be amazing.
0: Um, but yeah. Mika's <laughs> <laughs> been working on her gagging wait, sounds. Let me know what it sounds like. Hold
1: on, guys. <laughs> wait one minute. one minute. It's not, not as, good. as good. It's not as good. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Not as good. Hold on, <laughs> she
0: was really slaying in the Cumberland Farms.
1: <laughs> nope, I don't know how I was doing it. I have stage fright. Okay,
0: hold on. Just take a deep breath. Do a Sharpe Evans what? deep breath. Get ready for your <laughs> get ready for your performance. Hold on. I can't. I do not remember. Ma, ma. <laughs>
1: No I don't have it I can't remember Guys I'll do it for you Another time But I promise It was really good It was really really good We
0: drove to Cumbies, um In the dead of night <laughs> To get some ice cream Because it's the only thing That's open past 11pm In my godforsaken hometown <laughs> And, um, there was, for some unknown reason that has yet to be determined, it's like a group of adults hanging out in the parking lot. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> like, drinking what looked to be, like, slushies.
0: I mean, yeah, they, they're Cumberland Farms. Of course they were slushies.
1: But, like, fully 43 years old.
0: Yeah, that's, well, I mean, it was weird that we walked out of Cumberland Farms without slushies, to be honest. Well, we didn't
1: have any vodka to put in them, so... I mean... That's the only way I ever drank a Cumberland Farm Sashi when I was a youth.
0: Yeah, with just, like, a... Was if it was mostly Bacardi. vodka. Yeah,
1: or vodka, or, like, yeah, Stoli.
0: Yeah, Stoli. But anyway, there was um, (laughs) a group of adults kind of hanging out, doing hooligan shit in the parking lot. (laughs) There was, like, older man, definitely... did not all, have all of his teeth. I'm just describing <laughs> him. I'm not oh, making the one with any his judgment. Pain. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and then the two employees were like making weird voices at each <laughs> yeah. other as like a joke, but it was kind of scaring the shit out of me at first. It was what like, I'm trying to. I'm setting the scene to let you know that it was already a weird vibe in there. <laughs> and then Mika goes out of her way. To start (laughs) practicing Her gagging and throwing up noises Well because I missed Pierce I I missed our our best friend Pierce
1: Pierce, Who does the best gagging and throwing up (laughs) Noises And I had sent Pierce (coughs) I had sent Pierce A photo of um the beef jerky section mm-hmm. because Pierce thinks that beef jerky is disgusting because <laughs> they once <laughs> threw it up out of their nose um <laughs> that'll do it and then I was like back on my bullshit about this oh joke God,
0: Pierce write that into the pod into the pod
1: but then that got me thinking about the um joke that I have the joke scenario that I have been thinking about for the last few days which is what if a sober person <laughs> showed up to the afters and all they had to <laughs> offer for snacks was a gallon of milk and a bag of beef jerky, like they took that out of their and like every
0: time someone <laughs> offered them a bump, they're like, "No, thanks, I'm good," and they just take like a big gulp of, of all milk. whole milk <laughs> of whole milk and then just like and it leaves like the got milk mustache, <laughs> <laughs> which to be fair, everyone doing bumps of the various powders also have got milk mustaches <laughs> of cocaine and ketamine just resting in their lip hair but
1: Uh, But yeah Speaking
0: of that joke though Yeah We we thought of that Or rather you thought of that in my presence (laughs) (laughs) Yes Which means we thought of it We thought of it Um, When (laughs) we were in Walgreens the other day we were having an absolute case of the giggles. Yes. I do want to let you know that, yes, <laughs> Walgreens and Cumberland Farms are the only places to hang out in my hometown. Um, that's just, <laughs> you're just going to have to get on board with that. And honestly, um, it's been
1: so, so great.
0: <laughs> we were in Walgreens. We had an absolute case of the giggles. We were just kind of looping around the like one food aisle over and over and over again, just kind of... Kind of like 45 times while trying to decide what to get to eat um, for snacks. And Mm -hmm. then it occurred to us that neither of us had our cards or wallets (laughs) on us. And all I had was Google Pay because you didn't have your or your phone was dead. So we Mm -hmm. didn't have like even your Apple Pay. Mm -hmm. And they were like, yeah, we take Google Pay. Um, And then when I went to pay They like kind of didn't take it It turned out So then we had to put all of the food That we had just spent like 45 minutes selecting Back Anyway Once again just setting the scene To let y'all know that we thought of one of the most hilarious sketch ideas, and we and now we can't remember what, what it, it was. was. So if anyone was in the <laughs> R- R- Rutland, Vermont <laughs> Walgreens this week, I think I dropped my sketch idea. <laughs> and if, and if you found it, can you return it to me, please?
1: Please.
0: We should we should definitely go to Walgreens tomorrow morning just to like let's do that. Let's do our
1: <laughs> Let's do it.
0: <clears throat> let's do that lap. That food aisle is like our um like speed walking in the mall. Like yeah. we just do that <laughs> lap over and over again. Let's do our little Walgreens lap and see if we can figure <clears throat> out what the fuck our hilarious sketch idea was.
1: I'm down. My throat now hurts a little bit from doing that, um, pretending. Um. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so anyway Nika, anyway,
0: Nika and I are doing sketches now.
1: Yeah. We're sketch comics now.
0: And by doing sketches, I mean we thought of maybe three sketch ideas, forgot two of them, remember one of them. No, we
1: remember two of them.
0: What's the other one? The other one is Ooh. 1800. Yeah. Yeah. No, whisper oh. it. no, it was the other one that we remembered.
1: I thought the afters one was the other one.
0: Oh, was that a sketch idea?
1: Yeah. Maybe I... Yeah, it should be. It's a character <laughs> idea.
0: It's definitely a character idea. Oh, wait. And then we thought of a, a character um, when we went swimming at Chindin Dam. There was, like, the person who can't stop bringing up, like... <laughs> The like can't stop bringing oh well, girl yeah
1: girl who can't stop talking about fascism <laughs> while you're just trying to like, party but
0: Debbie Downer but make it girl who can't stop talking about the rise of fascism yeah um well, so anyway we're drugs. trademarking all of those ideas if we see anything Any of similar them. we're gonna sue you like um Quint- Quinta <laughs> Brunson just got sued is that her name what's her name again Quinta Brunson yeah yeah. I'm, yeah, Quinta Brunson. I thought it was Bronson for a second, and then that immediately sounded wrong. So I guess I was wrong. You were. My bad. And that's my mistake. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. But a little foreshadowing. Whew. Anyway, so that's been our week in Vermont. Um, we have big plans afoot. And Where if you want to hear anything about that, listen to the Patreon. Listen to the Patreon, because it's not quite um release it to the public yet no in its planning stages but you know we'll gab about it on the patreon why not yeah you paid so you can listen to our plans that um aren't in stone yeah yeah um but we have potentially a very big fall coming up we do and once again, you can listen to that at yeah, on the Patreon. Patreon.com slash best mistakes pod. Um Yeah, so anyway, shall we segment?
1: Let's do it.
0: Mistakes keep and hot takes Well, we spent this entire week together. Just yeah. in my mom's house, at Cumberland Farms, at Walgreens, mm. on my dad's boat. <gasps> In
1: your dad's living room. In my
0: dad's living room.
1: At you in a dam.
0: And then in my car.
1: And your car.
0: Um we slept in the same bed for half the week. And we now did. we've been sleeping in separate beds <laughs> like a divorced or a couple that wants to get divorced, but they're Catholic, so they won't do it. <laughs> so that's kind of the vibe right yeah, I now. Yeah,
1: I would never divorce you, but I would definitely like if I didn't want to be with you anymore, I wouldn't leave you.
0: Would you still love me if I was a worm?
1: Yeah, but I don't know like what our life would look like together. I think I would I would love you, but I would be so so sad. I would like cry about it in my room every night after I put you to bed.
0: Where would you put me to bed as a worm?
1: I would give you like an entire room just like full of like dirt and like How would you find me? Well, I don't you know, I would like attach like a bell to your a a worm tiny with a worm. Bell? A tiny worm
0: that sounds uncomfortable
1: Well we would figure it out <laughs> But yeah I would like Yeah it would be hard But mm. I wouldn't leave you Same <clears throat> yeah. I
0: Best case scenario we both become worms
1: Yeah maybe one day I would like va- be vacuuming And you would like end up in the vacuum But
0: <laughs> I mean but you'd like you'd pick me out right Yeah N- Nika nodded And now she's shaking her <laughs> head <laughs> For the listener Yeah
1: I would Okay. But yeah, worst, or worst, best case scenario is we both become worms.
0: Yeah. So anyway, that's just, um, that's the backdrop of why any mistakes, keepsakes, hot takes this week is not really news to each other, yeah. probably, because it's been a full <laughs> week together. But if if anything has happened... In those hours that we've been in those separate beds, <laughs> <laughs> that'll be news. Yeah. That'll be news to the other one. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I don't even... I don't... My brain has been so hyper fixated. <laughs> I, I feel like this is the first time you've seen me truly in my, like, can't pull myself away from a hyperfixation mode. Hmm. Maybe. I, like... Yeah, I mean maybe, maybe you've seen I can't think of any other examples, yeah, I've just been so hyper fixated on this thing that you can hear about on the patreon, <laughs> um that it's hard for me to like even remember any other experiences or thoughts I had this week,
1: yeah, I mean, I can't even think of like a mistake that I've made this week, like we've just been here,
0: we've just been vibing, yeah, it's been pure vibes, it's been vibe city,
1: um, my keepsake. Has been this week Getting out of New York Connecting with nature Going on hikes And swimming in Lakes and dams And being together And just chilling Um, I've really wanted that for a while Kind of like all summer I've been so so sick of being in New York And I've wanted just this For an extended stay And so we did that We're doing that Um My mistake I don't really feel like I made a mistake this week Um I don't even I mean I don't know Maybe others could see Like going to Vermont for a week as a mistake (laughs) You know Maybe
0: the person editing this would see it that way No shut the fuck up (laughs) (laughs) Um
1: No Um I don't know, but yeah, I mean, maybe, you know Maybe it was, um, like a a vehicle of escapism But I don't really think so Because I've just been dealing with life while I've been here Um, yeah, maybe And my hot take I mean, my hot take is just that the Great Resignation is simply not a thing Um, I keep hearing from boomers uh, and I keep reading in the news how business owners and economists are bitching and moaning about the great resignation and how no one wants to go back to work, even though there's record number of jobs and they can't find anyone to fill these jobs because everyone's lazy. Um, And I've applied to like a hundred jobs this week as of tonight. And I've yet to hear back from one. And I tweeted about this and had five other people um, all share pretty much the same experience, um, which leads me to believe that we are being lied to. And so, yeah, my hot take, is not that we're being lied to, because, like, duh, but is that this is all bullshit. Um, these jobs are simply not there. I'm like, are they, like, just... There's a lot of part-time jobs out there right now, which just feels annoying, but I mean, like, I guess that makes it easier for a company to not have to, like, spend as much money on their employees. I don't fucking know how economics work, but I have heard that argument. Um, I'm not seeing any, like, great jobs out there, so. Yeah. Something's off. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this week was definitely, like, a network going away for Thanksgiving break <laughs> You know yeah. The writer's room was not active
0: <laughs> Yeah and like maybe like <laughs> next week's episode Is gonna have some like big heavy hitter moments But yeah. like it, But
1: there was no episode this week There was no episode <laughs> this week <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, Yeah I guess my mistake is like kind of a mild one But I um, wish that I was getting up a little bit earlier mm. and seizing a little bit more of the day during these beautiful summer days here in Vermont. Yeah. Um, I don't you know it's not it's not haunting me or anything. yeah. But each every day when I wake up at one or 2 pm, <laughs> I've been um, like, well, I guess there goes the first like eight hours of sunlight.
1: Yeah. <laughs> totally. But I think it's what our bodies just honestly needed and maybe. Yeah. We've been resting.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's also like we just stay up really late watching movies and TV. Which is also like a vibe. We're I'd... resting. Yeah. Yeah. It's we're like... resting the house down boots. We're resting the house down boots. <laughs> 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 my keepsake is yeah just having this little recharge moment here in Vermont the um, origin the, the birthplace of our best friendship mm-hmm. here in this house mm-hmm. during this season mm-hmm. um, yeah it's always nice to kind of time travel to summer 2020 with you <laughs> <laughs> It is in some way or another <laughs> um, but this time we have a car Yes <laughs> Summer 2020 we were a little bit like stranded We had it
1: when I came up The week later or like two weeks later When I <laughs> rented a car <laughs> My unemployment money <laughs> <laughs> We rented the house down And boots, uh...
0: Um. So yeah my keepsake is um. It's been a nice uh, re- Recharging and plodding Week together
1: yeah. Wait but so true the car do you remember I just thought of this now that I'm driving in New York but the car that I literally rented in Albany and then drove here when I came here in summer 2020 I just I just think that's funny That I literally took a train from New York to Albany and then got in a car and then drove to Vermont.
0: Yeah, because we were like.
1: Because I was too afraid to drive from New York. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: I didn't realize that that was why. Yeah.
1: I didn't want to drive in the city.
0: (laughs) And now you drive in the city. And now
1: I drive in the city.
0: And that's character development, that's growth. And think about, oh, think about all the things that we feel limited in right now that in a year or two will be easy for us then. I think that that's beautiful That's another keepsake Just generally That that's how (laughs) life works (laughs) Um, And then my hot take Um, I mean I have a couple of, of hot takes Okay
1: interesting Lay them on us
0: Okay, so one hot take Someone was absolutely cancelled to the gods She was; They cancelled the house down, down Boots uh, um, On TikTok for saying this, but I agree with her That um, Zendaya and... Is it Zendaya or Zendaya? I think it's in... I don't know <laughs> Okay, well, <laughs> our girl uh, <laughs> Anya's girl Is she not your girl? No Do you no. not like Zendaya?
1: I don't have an opinion on her yeah, she's not my girl.
0: Interesting. I mean, she's just such a like fashion icon, and you tend to love those. You tend to love a style icon.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess I've never paid that much attention to her, but I should.
0: Anyway, so um, Zendaya. Let's say Zendaya. I I know that this has been clarified before, and I feel bad that I can't. Why don't we YouTube that hold on how do you pronounce zendaya okay okay so zendaya and tom holland are gay for each other that's the hot take that someone was canceled for on twitter or on tiktok and i just want to um back them up that i agree
1: why are they canceled just
0: that like tiktok ate them alive for insinuating that a heterosexual relationship was queer at but all. it is
1: queer that's a queer relationship thank you he's shorter than her
0: <laughs> i mean it's not just because he's shorter than no, her no but
1: that's like a main component yeah to me at least yeah <laughs> i would never date a guy who's shorter than me unless it was in a gay way
0: yeah yeah no it's inherently gay to date short men <laughs> it is inherently gay to date <laughs> short men I, I have I have tweeted in the past That part of my queer identity Is that I'm attracted to short men Yes um, It's very
1: gay to date short men Because short <laughs> men are gay
0: Okay so that's one hot take It's not even my hot take though So I'm just It's more like I'm backing up Someone else's mm-hmm, hot mm-hmm, take mm-hmm. My personal hot take Is because we watched The Mist this week Yes My hot take is that um, The rise of fascism in America And the impending danger to To all queer people And people with uteruses And people of color And you know Etc Just kind of everyone Who's not Straight White Cis Able-bodied Republican men Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, It feels like All of us Are in the supermarket In the mist Right now And it's like Sure The mist is like Outside the windows And we're kind of safe Right now But like Those windows don't take a whole lot to crack and they're going to crack eventually. And then um, when they do, (laughs) the um, left's ability to fight fascism is the scene in The Mist where um, the creatures do enter the supermarket. Absolutely. And if you haven't seen The Mist, just kind of keep those things in mind and go watch it um, right now. Pause the episode, watch The Mist in its entirety so that you can appreciate my hot take. Um, It is currently available on Netflix. (laughs) This episode, sponsored by Netflix. Mm. Oh, speaking of Netflix, we have that Ben & Jerry's flavor that we need to try. Isn't that what we got? Oh, yes.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Netflixed and chill.
0: Yeah. We bought that at Cumberland Farms tonight. Well, we're
1: not eating it until we're watching a movie, so.
0: And we're not watching a movie until we're done recording this episode. So let's
1: record the house down boots.
0: So let's record the house down boots. (laughs) Uh,
1: So we can eat the ice Um, cream down boots.
0: So... The, fuck up, of the week. fuck up of the week. Oh, the fuck up of the week is oh, the, the person Brunson um, suing Quinta Bronson. Yes.
1: Um, yes, which we talked about earlier a little so bit. So,
0: Quinta Brunson is being sued um, along with ABC for alleged copyright infringement. Okay, so writer and performer Christine Davis alleges that the hit sitcom is a ripoff of her 2018 TV script, which she says was pitched to Hulu in July 2020. Um, So Quinto was nominated for a bunch of Emmys for Abbott Elementary, and one day later, she She's, she was sued for this alleged copyright infringement, and the court documents originally obtained by Radar Online last week um, have uh, Christine Davis alleging that the ABC sitcom is a ripoff of her show this school year, which she wrote in 2018. Davis's show also takes place in an inner-city public school Um, with a young progressive teacher aiming for reforms, and it also uses the same mockumentary format as Abbott Elementary. Um, After writing the script, she said she registered the show with the United States Copyright Office in March of 2020 and pitched it to two women at Blue Park Productions in July 2020. Nothing materialized of her pitching her show, and in, in, in September 2020, Davis said Davis said Abbott Elementary began shooting with Brunson as the lead and creator. It later premiered in December 2021 with largely favorable reviews and has since become ABC's most popular new or one of ABC's most popular new shows. Davis alleges that um, ABC and Brunson knowingly used Abbott Elementary to replicate the look and feel of the inner city school and mockumentary style, unique plot synopsis, set design and unique characters. Um, And the writer is demanding that ABC and Brunson pay back the profits they have made from Abbott Elementary since its initial premiere. Uh, Abbott Elementary scored seven total Emmy nominations this past week, including two Outstanding Supporting Actress nominations, a nomination for Outstanding Supporting Actor, Best Comedy, and Writing for a Comedy Series. Um, So... Why is it that I think that suing Quinta is the mistake and not th- that I think that Quinta is the one that made the mistake? Uh-huh. Um, there's like a lot of evidence to show that um, Abbott Elementary was already in pre production and like already had the green light by the time Davis was shopping her show around. Um, It's also not, like, that groundbreaking of an idea of a show. Like, most shows, the idea or the premise isn't what's unique about it. It's, like, what the show, like, what the characters are like and the humor within the show. And so I feel like this is a good example of that where it's not, like, some heady concept. It's just, like, a setting and a style. Mm Um, but even if there were any kind of, um, reasonable doubt here that Abbott Elementary might actually be a ripoff of, um, Davis's show, I think it's, which was, yeah, which was called This School Year, um... It's just like an incredibly bad industry move Yeah,
1: like it makes her seem like a fucking psycho (laughs) That no one's going to want to work with No
0: one's ever going to like hire her or work with her ever again Yeah And she's definitely not going to get paid out She might get a settlement just because ABC probably wants to be like done with this
1: Yeah, maybe that was the only goal Yeah You know, make some money
0: Yeah, I mean, and that way it is, I mean, if she doesn't have any plans to work in the industry, it is kind of genius to, like, have, like, she has this copyright from March 2020. She has the script that multiple multiple people saw before Mm. Abbott Elementary came out. So she can say that she thought of this idea. And so she can, like, you know, like, she technically has a case here. And so if she doesn't want to work in the industry or, like, doesn't care about all the bridges that she's burning by doing this and all she wants is a settlement, I mean, this is a way to get a settlement. Um, so you know what? Honestly? Girl boss. Girl boss. <laughs> Slay. Um, house down boots. Sue the house down boots. <laughs> um, Slay
1: and sue the house down boots.
0: But, yeah, that would be um, what I think is... A pretty silly fuck up of the week this week, but the highlight of the
1: week is that Benefar is officially—they're married. Um, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez were married this week in Las Vegas um, in a very uh, low-profile wedding for a very high-profile couple. Um, Yeah, they had called off the wedding like last year and said in a joint statement that they that they were still engaged and still plan on being married at a later date um because the publicity of uh, their impending marriage had gotten so out of hand that they found themselves planning for three different um bridal decoys at three different locations the day of their scheduled wedding, and that's when they decided that. This is too much. We're going to wait for the publicity to die down and then we'll get married. And so they did that. And I think that's beautiful that they're back together. I do wonder what um, America's sweetheart Jennifer Gardner has to say about this, how she's feeling.
0: He does love a Jennifer.
1: What she's thinking. Um, but other than that, I'm very happy for them.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can't believe they're like back together. Like yeah. that, I can't believe that. Like you know, their initial romance started twenty years ago. Yeah, and they have gone through so much.
1: I mean, they are the Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton of our time. Um, yeah, I love that for them. Ben Affleck is the Elizabeth Taylor <laughs> of our time, obviously. Um, obviously, obviously, and also
0: the face of Dunkin' Donuts.
1: Dunkin' Donuts. The, the
0: um, sad, exhausted face of Dunkin' Donuts.
1: Absolutely, yeah. No, I'm. I love it. I love, I love this kind of like pop culture magic that has happened this week. It's exciting. It's fun. Makes me believe in love. <laughs> that joie de vie Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's it's uh, you two
1: can marry your ex
0: yeah, and. If you're touched by this, take this as a sign to just go through the Rolodex of all of your exes. Give them all one more shot. And that's what Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck want from us. They yeah. want us all to give our crazy exes one more shot. Even if one like, you weren't my
1: ex, but you had the potential to one day be my ex. I'm thinking about you.
0: Are you ready to read a listener mistake? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Listener mistakes. Hey besties, this is my second mistake now. Still loving the podcast and can't wait for eventual Patreon merch. Um <laughs> <laughs> Okay, notice. Okay. Uh, Passive aggressive. <laughs> um this is from Joy. Please stop
0: pointing out our executive dysfunction. <laughs> You're being too loud. My
1: God. Uh Um, so this is from a bestie named Joy. They have written in before. So hello again. Um, and it goes as follows. When I was in high school, I was in a relationship with a girl that I was really obsessed with. We had a fairly typical high school romantic relationship. However, our sexual relationship was lopsided and a bit unconventional. When we were together physically, I'd go down on her and kiss her all over her body, which is what she asked me to do. And she didn't touch me. I had pretty low self esteem and considered myself lucky that I was able to have regular sexual contact with someone, as we both went to a fairly sheltered private Catholic high school, so I didn't assert and she didn't an offer. I think this dynamic is somewhat telling of our relationship in general. Actually, when we were not together physically, we'd often sexed each other with very sexually explicit fantastical role play. Our dynamic when doing this was a lot more mutually gratifying and collaborative. It was basically writing smut together, except we only wrote from each of our characters' perspectives. I just want to explicitly detail this sort of thing if a reader isn't familiar with this roleplay that's somewhat common in furry or kink online chat rooms. We were both very, very invested in this roleplay and explored all sorts of settings, including being pirates, pirate captain and crew member being sexually disciplined. Yes. Vampires, mafia members fucking in the locker rooms at our high school during gym class, angels and demons, and wizard school, just to name a few. We did this so often that when we were take that when we were talking out of character, we'd talk in parentheses as if we were whispering. And it became the case that if we were texting each other normally, we 'd always be sending texts in parentheses and we as we'd always had a sexual role play running in the background One minute. she broke up with me after seven-ish months as an inside or as an aside we were having a date at her at her house when her parents were home. We watched the artist and she wasn't talking to me like she normally did and something seemed off I asked her what was up and after like 30 minutes she finally told me she wanted to break up. And just that she didn't want to date anymore I sobbed heavily And then we went upstairs And told her parents that we had broken up mutually Although it was absolutely not mutual And they drove me home awkwardly
0: Kind of
1: Interesting that you guys like decided you had to tell Her parents that <laughs> Like in the moment <laughs> Very teenager of you Yeah Very, um, um,
0: The kids are alright But it's the parents are alright
1: Yeah um she still wanted to be friends which was which i was good with because i was of course still very into her and she had no intention of stopping our sexual relationship physical and digital as she liked it too much this was a this boundaries. was yeah none this was as you can imagine not the healthiest dynamic and there were no clear relationship boundaries
0: that's very gay but for me it, it was basically like we
1: hadn't broken up except in name We'd still hang out and hook up in person, but not as often, and primarily we'd continue to sexually roleplay over text. At some point, she had done something her parents wanted to discipline her for, so they took away her phone and told her she couldn't electronically communicate with her friends in any way outside of school. After a few days of not contacting me, she emailed me saying that she still wanted to communicate with me because she missed her sexual roleplay and this was a way around her parents' punishment. We began to sexually role-play for about a week over email. Then her father discovered that she was doing this and read absolutely every <laughs> one of our sexually That's explicit role-play emails.
0: Weird of him, to be honest. Very weird. That's, like, extreme weirdo behavior. Even if you don't approve of it, you took the time to read all of it? Yeah, okay, it's pervert. very the
1: father, neighbor, in American Beauty.
0: Oh, my God, it is. <laughs> Kevin Spacey? No, oh. the neighbor. Oh. I mean Kevin Spacey is the perverted He also is. One. He's the secret
1: gay one who like is
0: Oh, you're right. Yeah. Oh, all the dads are gross. In that movie. Yeah. <laughs>
1: For further context, Aww. her dad was really fond of me as both him and I were sciencey nerdy people. And I saw him as a role model because he was an engineer that went to MIT, my dream school at the time. Upon discovering these sexually explicit emails, he messaged me on Facebook saying that he had discovered this and was enraged in a way I'd never been on the receiving end of as a chronic goody two-shoes. He told me that I was sick, perverted, fucked in the head, and the type of fantastical escapism roleplay we were engaging in was deeply unhealthy mentally. He also forbade me and his daughter from contacting each other ever again. My dynamic with my ex was such that I never really emotionally felt like we had ever broken up. Thus, I was absolutely and completely devastated. Not only did it feel like I had been forced to break up with my girlfriend, but it wasn't her direct decision to stop contact. She was at a different school by this time, too, which led me to further hold on to hope for at least a year before I finally realized how unhealthy my attachment to the idea of my ex, who had never treated me particularly nicely in the first place, was. Furthermore, I was told that I was basically evil by a role model in my life, Which really cratered my sense of self. I also felt violated that someone I didn't trust had been able to intently view and judge a particularly sensitive sexual side of myself that I poured into all roleplay messages. Finally, I was heartbroken and depressed and felt like I couldn't talk about this with anyone in my life. Her father didn't tell my father, my only parent, about this happening, and I wasn't about to tell my father the real the real reason that I wasn't able to hang out with my friend and ex anymore so I told him and others that her father just thought I was a bad influence in general, and that's why. I know there are, like, much worse issues to have, but it really hurt me at the time to feel violated and shamed sexually by someone I looked up to in my life, and not be able to at least talk about how it made me feel with other people in my life, because I didn't want to reveal to anyone that I'd been doing this fantasy sexting roleplay. I feel like I made a number of mistakes throughout the whole experience and learned a lot of lessons. One, one. Know your worth. Don't accept a dynamic with someone that doesn't make you happy because it's the best thing you'll get. Two, enforce your own boundaries to protect your own emotions. If fucking someone after they break up with you has the potential of fucking with your emotions, maybe don't do it or at least admit to yourself the emotional risks. Period. Number three, remembering times a person made you feel good doesn't mean the relationship wasn't good for you. Four, healing often requires vulnerability. The sexual shame I felt was much worse because I felt like I couldn't talk to anyone about it. In retrospect, I could have talked to so many people in my life and it would have been really helpful. I just also didn't want to feel embarrassed. There are countless other lessons to be learned from this experience, but I'll leave it to these as these feel like the biggest takeaways for me. Uh, Much love to you both and thank you for reading. Joy.
0: Okay, I feel like a big takeaway Is that you um, Were Engaging in Like (laughs) You were engaging In like prolific writing Prompts with this (laughs) ex of yours And you should maybe I mean, if it's not too painful Gaze back on some of your Writing and Mine it for any You know, um Romance novel material seriously you could make maybe turn a profit on this mistake TbH Tbh um, maybe you could come back together as artistic collaborators and write a romance novel about pirates together I don't know just something to think about mull it over um, but thank you so much for writing in we love you we love you one of our consistent besties besties. One of our fave listeners. Um, <laughs> we're making sexual advances towards the microphone as if the microphone are you. Just so you, know. <laughs> just so you know. Just so you know. Just so you know what's happening over just here. So you know. Another week of um, experimenting with no longer doing deep dives. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean we, we should still we should figure out when we will still do deep dives you know yeah like maybe once we maybe we um. maybe we rotate between us every other month the first episode of the month we do a deep dive yeah does that make sense it does Um, listeners, let us know what you think. I don't want to get, yeah, I don't want to get rid of deep dives entirely, but we did 80-ish episodes that had deep dives, which means we did 40 mistakes each, approximately. Um, and it's very hard to think of mistakes from your past once you've hit about 40 of them, but we know that there are more in there. (laughs) I mean, listen, we've lived long lives. Mistake as promised last week. Um, we're in Vermont and I'm finally doing it. I'm covering the 12 tribes, aka the cult behind the yellow deli restaurants. Um, I live in Vermont, uh, or I'm not, I don't live in Vermont, but I'm from Vermont. Mm specifically Rutland, Vermont, where there is a um, 12-tribe communal compound. So I grew up with these weird people in my town (laughs) Um, walking around with their braids down past their asses and their beards and their billowy, um, old-fashioned-looking clothing and um, like it looks like if the Amish were also 1960s hippies mm-hmm. um, meets like granola homeschooler mom mm-hmm. That's the uh, that's the vibe, that's the aesthetic. Um, and they own a restaurant. That is now called the Yellow Deli But the um, Rutland location for a long time was called Back Home Again And it was so good Oh my god I mean, the Yellow Deli is also amazing But they changed their menu when they changed to the Yellow Deli Mm. And there are some classics from Back Home Again That I'll never be able to eat again (laughs) And I miss them so much But anyway So I grew up with these With these Culty people walking around my town, running this restaurant. The restaurant also has a hostel above it that, um, hikers that are hiking the Appalachian trail and coming through my town because my, my hometown is on the Appalachian trail. Um, hikers coming through will can stay at that hostel. I guess other people can stay at that hostel too. I just don't think anyone really ever does because nobody else comes to Rutland Uh -uh. for any reason. (laughs) um, But so I grew up aware of these people. I grew up knowing that they're like a religious community and that they're kind of weird, but their food is really good and the people are generally really friendly. But as I got older, um, my family's relationship with them started to get more um, involved. So my brother homeschooled in. For his whole life. But in high school, when he was homeschooling, he would go to back home again to do his schoolwork while, like, ordering smoothies and chai lattes and just kind of hanging out for the day. Also, back then, the restaurant was way bigger. Like, it was the same building that it's in right now. And I, I'm kind of mostly describing this to Nika, but if anyone else has been to the Rutland Yellow Deli that's listening... Um, it's it's the same building but now it's only the front part of the building that they use for the restaurant and I think the back part of the building is like for hostel stuff and for other business but it used to be that it went it extended all the way through the back and so it was like a really long and like it's it was just as wide but it was like way longer and there was like this whole back area that like just sort of felt cozier and kind of like secret like it was mm-hmm. still the same aesthetic and by the way for anyone who hasn't been to a yellow deli, the aesthetic is very like um uh old-time old-timey like tavern with like uh folksy music playing and like everything is made out of wood and is really very-
1: bad murals. What? Really bad murals.
0: And really bad murals. My brother would do his schoolwork in the back part of back home again. And they started to engage with him. Um, In retrospect, they were trying to recruit him. Um, And so they started, like, talking to him more and, like, trying to get to know him and getting really friendly with him. And then when we would go in as a family, they, like, knew that we were his family. So it started to feel like they were trying to recruit all of us. It was a very strange vibe. They started inviting us to their, like, celebrations. Hmm like their weddings we went to multiple we went to multiple 12 tribes weddings and let me tell you their weddings are fucking wild so they have these like three houses that they own in rutland and they like all three houses are like really big old like colonial style houses with huge backyards that are all connected and this and this is like in downtown rutland like it's not that it's really it's like two blocks from where my dad lives. Okay. So you've seen this neighborhood, and I just don't think we've walked past those houses, but I will, I'll point them out to you next time we're in the neighborhood because they're literally right by where my dad lives. Um, and they have these, like, big backyards that are all connected. And so for weddings, in the summer at least, and maybe that's the only time they have weddings, I don't know, but uh, we, we went to multiple weddings during the summer, and um, they basically put on a, like, musical where the bride and groom are like playing these parts from like some old Testament story and everyone else in the com in the compound in the community plays all these like other parts and like there's all these different scenes that like ultimately culminate in like them like the wedding ceremony but like it's like a maybe half hour to an hour long performance of like them singing all of these songs and like kind of the audience like follows them around through the backyard. It's like very involved, Um honestly, very beautiful and like entertaining. Um And I, something that I also noticed was that we were not the only non community members in the audience for the weddings. First of all, if the bride or groom are from families that are not part of the 12 tribes, their families are there that are like just normal people. Mm-hmm. But then there's like also just other people that are clearly just like being groomed to be recruited. Like it's like their weddings are kind of like a way to lure people in. Cause yeah. it's like a really beautiful, cool thing that they do. And then, yeah, so we were allowed in their houses. We were allowed in the backyard. We got like a tour of one of the houses. Like I remember going upstairs and like, There was, like, multiple rooms that were just bunk beds for kids. Like, dozens of bunk beds for, like, their dozens of kids. And um, if you're married, you get, like, your own room in the house. But if you're, like, a bachelor, you have to, like, have roommates with, like, other bachelors. And if you're, like, an unwed maiden, you also, like, you, like, live either, like, with your family and like your, if you have like younger siblings to take care of or something mm-hmm. like it's like you're kind of still put to work as if you're a wife but you just can't like sleep in the same room as yeah. like a man I guess and whatever we'll get into the specifics of like how their like gender and family dynamics work um when I get further into um the actual like description of this cult but this is my personal experience with this cult and so eventually we don't join my brother doesn't join we we were friends with some some of the members like not like friends friends but we were friendly with some of the 12 tribes members that worked at the yellow deli but something about the 12 tribes is that there's multiple locations and they have their members just kind of like they like make them move locations a lot and so the people that we had any kind of connection to, any kind of um, friendship with, eventually moved to a different location, and that's by design because they don't want members to create roots or bonds in any of the cities that the twelve tribes exists in, mm-hmm. because then it will make them it, it makes it a more clear and easy path to leave if you have, like, friendships or any kind of, like, ties to anybody outside of the community, you're, you, like I said about the weddings, like, so they do have communication with their families if their families are not part of the 12 tribes, but only if the family has never been part of the 12 tribes. If your family, like, once was part of the 12 tribes and has left, you have to never speak to them again. Or, like, it's very hard, it's very you're like intimidated into never speaking to them again. I don't think it's like an official rule and we'll get into this, but that's kind of how all of their things are where it's like, it seems like they're very controlling, but if you actually get into the nitty gritty of what their official rules are, a lot of, a lot of it isn't official, but it's like they just find ways to like socially pressure their members into um, implied rules, I Mm -hmm. guess. So um, after the people that we were friendly with moved to different locations and after we never joined, slowly the attitude towards me and my family started to shift and um, my dad is a lawyer and without naming any names or like breaking any confidentiality, um, he has told me that there have been members, ex-members of the 12 tribes who have come to him seeking help to um leave the 12 tribes and they've told him that um the 12 tribes here in Rutland have like openly called him um like a devil <laughs> worshipping like because he's an attorney he mm-hmm. he does like satan's work or whatever <laughs> Um, so like my dad now knows that behind the scenes, like once they realized that they weren't going to recruit us, they just started like bad mouthing us oh to their members. Um, so that's like my personal relationship to the, to the 12 tribes. I still go to the yellow deli cause that food fucking slaps. It's so good. Um, and also all the people that work at the yellow deli now are not the same people that were working at back home again when I was a kid. So at this point I, I feel like the turnover has been enough that now they don't even know who I am, but I know who the fuck they are and we're going to talk about it. So the 12 tribes was founded in Chattanooga, Tennessee in 1972 by former carnival barker and high school guidance counselor, Jean Spriggs. The 12 tribes, um, reputes itself as seeking the restoration of what its members believe to be the truest form of Christianity. Um, so it can technically be considered a cult because of its charismatic authoritarian leader, extremist ideology, all or nothing belief system, and use of coercion to control and exploit members. Um, and this is, the, uh, there's a cult expert that has um, said this about the 12 tribes, um, whose name is Janja Lalich. Um so the 12 tribes has uh grown to more than 3000 followers who live and work in communal society, c- communal societies worldwide um there are about 3 dozen of them um both in the US and outside of the US these like compounds um so their belief system, they strictly follow the old and new Testament and believe that all other denominations of Judaism and Christianity have fallen and are, um, wrong and irrelevant and that they are the only ones who truly follow what God wants. Um, they believe in Yahshua who's Jesus, but they, um, refer to him by his Hebrew name, Yahshua. um, and they believe that for Yahshua to return, the church must return to its original form. So they try to live as if they are in the times of the Old Testament, literally. Um, and they try to be as true to the Old Testament as possible. Um, they, observe, they observe the Sabbath and the Old Testament dietary laws, and they mix the Judaic faith with the New Testament because they do not believe that their master Yahshua abolished the law of Moses. Um, so, despite believing in Jesus and like Christianity, they very much still follow the Old testament um so, and once you join the group, you receive a Hebrew name. So, if you ever go into a Yellow Deli and you ask anybody who's working there what their name is, it's always some, like, batshit, crazy, old-ass Hebrew name. <laughs> um, and you're like, that can't be right. You said you're from, like, fucking <laughs> Cincinnati. <laughs> um, yeah, but anyway... Um, so they believe in the three eternal destinies. Um, so rather than in hev- rather than believing in heaven and hell, they believe in um, there being three options. The first category contains two classif- classifications of people who do evil: the unjust and the filthy. The unjust take advantage of others for their own selfish gain, and the filthy ruin the lives of others with their own moral corruption. I think we're the filthy.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, The second category is made up of those who do good called the righteous or just. The righteous are the good people um, of every nation and culture who live according to the to the dictates of their own conscience. They fear God and respect other human beings. So that's kind of like their answer to like, they don't think that people who don't believe exactly what they believe are going to quote unquote hell. Mm-hmm. They're just going to the second, like the mid tier category. Yeah. Um, but the third category is the holy. And this is for them. The holy means set apart. The holy live entirely for the one who redeemed them. They are members of the holy nation, which the God of heaven is raising up on the earth. And so essentially they're the members of the 12 tribes. Um, so those are like they're like core beliefs there's so much more obviously they're like a fucking uh, like commune cult of course mm-hmm. they have like dozens if not more of like other specific beliefs but th- that's like the basic shit so now let's get into what's wrong with them why why do we care um, about this cult <laughs> well so glad you asked let's just begin with their racism and homophobia. So they openly endorse segregation. They say that multiculturalism is just not reasonable. According to former members of the 12 tribes, um, the leader Spriggs or the original leader, um, had allegedly preached that black people are destined for slavery and that homosexuals should be put to death as transcripts of his past sermons appear to show. Um, According to a 2018 report by the Su- Southern Poverty Law Center, the 12 tribes teach their followers that the Bible holds the blacks uh, are, that the Bible holds that blacks are servants of whites, and that slavery was a marvelous opportunity for black people. The group teaches that the jews are collectively responsible for the death of christ quoting matthew 27 25. they're often labeled anti-semitic although the group repeatedly denies this accusation because its members keep the sabbath and the jewish festivals of um, yom kippur and several others um and the youth hold bar mitzvah and bat mitzvah celebrations, and they regularly perform Israeli folk dances. So that's why they're not anti-Semitic, even though they say that Jews killed Jesus Christ. Which, you know, I mean, it's up for debate. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, next, let's move on to their misogyny. Um, there are a bunch of different uh, former member testimonials that speak about their misogynistic beliefs, but it all can be boiled down to their one, like one of their core beliefs is that they believe, they believe that women were created to complete man. Um, So kind of everything about being a woman in the 12 tribes is about serving your husband or your father, or if, if you don't have a husband yet, a lot of the women are just put to work to do the wifely duties of the single men. So, like, the single men in the 12 tribes, like, don't do their own laundry or, like, cook the basic meals or any of that. Like, just single women are doing that for the single men while they wait to, like, pair off eventually. Um, So another one of their problematic beliefs revolves around modern medicine and medical care. So they are quoted as saying that they prefer the simplest and most natural means of medical care, and they focus on, quote-unquote, preventative care, a.k.a. eating healthy and, like, sleeping well and getting exercise. Um, X members say that the leaders believe God will choose, quote-unquote, when serious medical problems occur. You're technically allowed to seek outside medical care, but ex members claim you're intimidated into not doing so. Pregnant women are repeatedly denied access to doctors and blamed for their stillbirths, assuming that they have sinned to create that outcome. Um, And (laughs) there are actually some like firsthand accounts of that exact scenario um, that my dad has heard from ex-members when they've come to him for legal help. Um, So reading that in this article, like one of the articles that I used as a source was not the first time that I've heard about specifically the issue of pregnant women, um, and their stillbirths and not being able, both not, not being able to get medical care, but also being blamed for it. Um, so they also have issues, um, and allegations around mind control and brainwashing and isolation from the outside world. So, um, there are no outside influences allowed in the 12 tribes, a.k.a. movies, TV, music, books, media of any kind. They have their own music and their own books for entertainment. Um, those working in the customer-facing jobs, such as at the Yellow Deli, are the members strongest in their faith and least likely to be impacted by outsider perspectives. Um ex-members are cut off from their families that are still in the community um they often like i said before they move members around from location to location so they don't make outside relationships or have roots anywhere and an ex-member who was raised in the community said that they were jostled from community to community as a child recalling that um they were often confused about where they where their true home was um if leadership catches wind that a family is contemplating leaving the 12 tribes, they might separate the family, sending the wife and children to one community and the husband to another. And ex-members have said that the only way to get out of there with a family is to sneak and make it so they have no idea at all that you want to leave. Um. So another problematic aspect of the 12 tribes is the way that they conduct business. Um, In so many words, they have been accused of indentured servitude slash slavery slash exploitation of their members. So new members must give the group all of their possessions when they join, often signing over personal property to the cult's limited liability companies. Many have nothing to fall back on if they later want to leave the group. Um, Once again, this is something that my dad has helped ex-members with um, when they've come to him for legal help because they often have no rights to the possessions that they had before they joined. Um, during its 50 year existence, the 12 tribes has distinguished distinguished itself among religious cults through its extensive business operations. The group has relied um, has relied on food service, construction, soap making, woodworking, farming, solar energy and even an Alaskan fishing operation to make money over the decades. Members live communally, sharing money and resources, and all of the sect's business, businesses are staffed by followers who work without pay, which multiple ex-members have confirmed. Um, among the construction companies, the 12 tribes has operated during the last five decades. There's a Massachusetts-based company, BOJ Construction, LLC, Um, which pulled in several million dollars a year at its height in the early 2000s and drove the group's funding. Um, Young men in the cult would travel the country for jobs, rent a little house for everyone, and work nearly around the clock without pay until the job was done. Um, Although the 12 tribes observes a, a day of rest on Saturday, aka their Sabbath, the cult leadership would sometimes declare quote-unquote, pushes in which working through gatherings and the group's twice-daily worship sessions or even on the Sabbath was allowed. Um, Gene Spriggs, the founder, would say, it's for a good cause. God will forgive us for working all the time. Um, the business profits are used to pay mortgages and living expenses for commun- for the communities. And Any extra money must then be sent to the 12 tribes headquarters in North Carolina, where leaders decide how it is spent across the United States. The 12 tribes owns at least 66 properties worth about 36 million real estate, real estate records show. Um, Although cult members spend long hours staffing the businesses, each individual has very little say over how the money is used within each community. One person is designated as being in charge of, "Quote unquote personal needs and any individual any individual purchases must go through that person." Um, the cult's uh, labor practices have landed it in hot water in the past. The group faced citations for failing to pay minimum wage in California in 2008, and for child labor law violations in New York in 2018, after Inside Edition obtained hidden camera footage of children working in a production plant. Which brings us to their next uh, problematic aspect, um, child abuse and child labor. Um, They've been at the center of controversies relating to both corporal, corporal punishment of kids and underage labor. A member who left in 2016 worked in a factory beginning when he was 13, he said. According to him, kids in the community stopped schooling at 12 or 13 And they enter what the 12 tribes called apprenticeships. Um, And he says what they call apprenticeships is just working in the industry. So that's how they like can kind of get away with putting the kids to work is it's like part of their education. If it's an apprenticeship, Um, his days started with mandatory 6 a.m. gathering, which is like their worship, what they call their worshiping. So mandatory 6 a.m. gathering, then he'd head to the factory until 5 p.m. He'd go to the evening gathering again at 6 p.m. and then back to work from about 7.30 p.m. until 10 or 11 p.m. John Post, a former member born into the group who left when he was 19, said he began working in the cult's bakeries and restaurants at age 7. School for the children wasn't a real priority, he said. They encouraged all the kids to go to work. That was the focus. The Twelve Tribes is highly patriarchal, and while boys worked outside of the communities, girls spent their time working inside the compounds. Alina Anderson, an ex-member born to the group who left when she was 14 and lives in Boulder, said she was kicked out of the sect's homeschooling when she was 11. After she was kicked out of school, Anderson spent her time doing chores, including preparing meals for about 100 people each day and doing laundry for two single men. When I say making lunch it's not as simple as going to the, into the kitchen and everything is there she said it's okay you're making tomato sandwiches you have to you have to make the bread from scratch then you run outside to the garden and you pick all the tomatoes then you come in and you wash them and you run out of time so you just set a cutting board on the table with a bowl of tomatoes and you and you have to make the mayonnaise yourself too which honestly would be cottagecore vibes if it wasn't forced labor of like an 11 year old. Yeah. <laughs> um, growing up, former member Matthias Mathias um, said he was beaten 20 to 30 times a day. I grew to be numb to it, to quell the rage within and just not feel anything. Um What I cared about was when my infant sister was beaten and there was nothing I could do about it. To hear her screams and be powerless and that even if you tried to stop, you couldn't um, is a crushing thing to go through. It broke my spirit. I still remember her screams to this day. The group insists that they don't beat their children. They claim when our children are disobedient or intentionally hurtful to others, we spank them with a small reed-like rod, which inflicts only pain, not damage. Desiring to be good parents, we do not hit our children in anger, nor with our hand or fist. The Twelve Tribes believes that it's parents res- that it's the parents' responsibility to properly enforce a consequence for sin. Um... So as to allow the child to maintain the state of a clean conscience, this causes the child to understand accountability to the choices they make over time. The children's children will be better equipped to deal with or overcome the faults of their predecessors and parents um, are not the only adults that may inflict this punishment on kids. It's like up to any of the community members. They do not make it explicitly clear in their public information they release what actually constitutes a spanking. Like what does a child need to do to get spanked? They just kind of say like sinning or um, wrongful actions or words or behaviors. So it's very open to interpretation. An ex-member speaks of the training manual and how punishment begins at six months old. A baby could be punished for wiggling while getting their diaper changed, which allows the baby to learn to receive discipline. Many ex-members cite the spankings as their reason for leaving or running away from the 12 tribes, either as children who were spanked themselves as kids and finally grow up to be old enough to leave, or as adults who were uncomfortable with the spankings and or did not want the discipline to be inflicted on their own children. Ex-members state that it's not uncommon for children to receive spankings 20 to 30 times a day, um, like the previous member said had happened to him. Let's talk about um, their predatory recruitment style. So I, I gave you like my personal story and my personal like anecdotal evidence that they may have been trying to recruit my brother or our entire family, Um It is kind of in line with the types of people that they try to recruit. They try to recruit people who are already a little bit weird Mm -hmm. or people who already um, have, for some reason, something – like they people who are already not on a normal life trajectory. So my brother already being like a homeschooler, for example, was like perfect for their – their profile of like a good recruited member. Um, so they tend to attract people who are down on their luck, struggling to function in, in society or even running from the law. ex members have said um, they used to send a bus to follow grateful dead concert tours. 12 tribes members would offer first aid cookies and tea to the band's hardcore fans. Um, they, to this day still keep up the spirit of that by setting up first aid tents at like music festivals and stuff um they have locations and hostels on many through hiking trails such as the Appalachian Trail the Pacific Crest Trail and the Continental Divide Trail it's not a coincidence that they intentionally target hikers because often hikers are people people who are hiking long form like through hiking trails like that that take months at a time. Um They're often going through some kind of life transition or they're trying to find themselves or they're like doing these hiking trails because they're unsatisfied in the like monotony of their day-to-day lives. They're looking for like a greater purpose, greater meaning. And so the 12 tribes have intentionally set up their communities to be uh, like to have like hostels on these trails. And a lot of their members are former through hikers. Let's talk about the legal events in the group history. On June 22nd, 1984, Vermont State Police arrived at the 12 tribes Island Pond residences and took custody of hundreds of the group's members with their children based on an investigation of accusations of child abuse all cases were dismissed when a judge found that the search warrant was unconstitutional the vermont chapter of the aclu also criticized the raid calling it frightening and the greatest deprivation of civil civil liberties to have occurred in recent vermont history on september 5th 2013 german police raided two communities belonging to the 12 tribes and removed 40 children to protect them from continued abuse. The reasons for the raid were that the that a TV reporter had managed to secretly record how the 12 tribes' sect beat their children. The group admits that they used their reed-like rods for discipline, but denies abusing their children. Um, sociologist of religion Susan Palmer pointed out that The doctors found no evidence of mistreatment in September 2013 following the police raids. But in 2018, the European Court of Human Rights upheld the German move to take away the children from the sect. And this is actually something that the 12 tribes harps on a lot. Like this specific event of when 40 children were taken away in Germany. Um, They use it very often to show that they are a targeted group that um they're like the quote unquote misconception that they're a cult and that they abuse children um is actually like doing more harm to their children than anything that they've ever done. Mm-hmm. You know that's open to debate, but that is some that is a talking point of Twelve Tribes members. If you ever bring up any like allegations of like child abuse or anything to them, they will bring up the German raids. Um, in July 2019, the FBI released a 40-page summary of the results of a closed preliminary investigation stemming from allegations of child abuse at the group's North Carolina property. The documents revealed the existence of other investigations over the years to include suspicions of child abuse and other compounds. There were also more bizarre allegations, including um, deaths that were thought to be suspicious, allegations of oddities during spiritual rituals, which sounds very midsummer to me, um, as well as unsubstantiated allegations involving the founder's conduct during his time in the military. The documents also reveal the existence of a now-closed federal ind- investigation into whether the state of Vermont had violated the group's civil rights in 19- in the 1984 raid. On February 19, 2020, police in New South Wales, Australia executed a search warrant on the group's Peppercorn Creek Farm property, seizing documents and other evidence in what has been a prolonged investigation into allegations of... You guessed it, child abuse in the group. On March 3rd, 2020, police in New South Wales returned for a more extensive search operation for stillborn babies buried on the property um, at Peppercorn Creek Farm and another of the group's properties. On March 7th, an updated report said the body of at least one infant was found at the farm. In 2020 or late 2021, but no official closure or criminal charges have been announced. Um, In January 2020, early investigations into the origin of the Boulder County, Colorado, Marshall Fire, one of the most destructive fires in Colorado state history, suggested a 12 tribes residential property may have been the point of origin for the fire. Um... The expansive fire set over 1,100 homes ablaze in Boulder County on December 30th, 2021, and the fire investigation has brought renewed media scrutiny of the Boulder area group. Um, The investigation into the cause of the fire remains ongoing. Um, And I just want to end on... A quote that is both kind of funny and kind of sad. Um, this is a quote from the mother of a woman who joined the 12 tribes um, in her adulthood. Um, the mother's name is Penny Tumim. Um, And she said, in the beginning, I was going to go kidnap her and bring her home, Penny Tooman said of her daughter that joined the 12 tribes. She moved from Texas to New York, where her daughter lives, to be closer to her after she joined the group. But there is nothing wrong with them. I mean, other than some of their beliefs.
1: (laughs) Moral of the story.
0: story
1: (laughs) is don't join a cult because they will control the house down boots (laughs) (laughs) and that's what the seven tribes is doing to these poor people
0: what did you just call them?
1: The twelve tribes
0: <laughs> How many times did I just say their name? And you I mean, still and said I, the seven tribes?
1: You know, well seven is quite. Are you not familiar
0: with the twelve tribes of Israel?
1: Obviously I'm familiar with the twelve tribes <laughs> of Israel. The All Red right, Tent is my favorite book. Uh let's see. Simon, Levi, Judah, Samuel, Reuben um fuck that's five um and you just
0: need to name seven of them apparently
1: hold on hold on no i said seven was close to 12 (laughs) um oh asher oh uh nephi no um
0: you're like not far off i don't know um okay the one okay i'll just list them Reuben. um simeon yeah but i guess it's simon i don't know yeah levi judah um isashar okay maybe it's pronounced differently i don't know hebrew sorry y'all zebul zebulin yes okay
1: dan dan gad Ne- yeah Neftal- gad naphtali naphtali yes
0: asher benjamin joseph um and joseph later split into two half tribes yeah Ephraim and um Manasseh? yeah i don't know manessa whatever okay. um anyway
1: yes so naphtali naphtali <laughs> was on my list of names i wanted to name if i had a son
0: that's very 12 tribes of you i
1: know i mean i love the red tent
0: you're right i guess i wouldn't you you know you have a leg up for when you join the 12 tribes
1: that's so true i know all the names you're like
0: <laughs> you're like i know all the names <laughs> and i know about the child abuse and, and then, i don't mind <laughs> and i don't and I, it's totally fine as long
1: as you give me a baby i, I don't care whose baby
0: <laughs>
1: give me a baby i'll do whatever you want
0: um i would join a
1: call up the gave me a baby.
0: all right well don't give them a playbook on how to get you to join my god so um a little bit of backstory just like a smidge of backstory on how um oh also it should be noted while on the subject of um gene sprigs founding this beautiful cult Mm -hmm. um so he recently died in twenty twenty one. Thank God. And since he died, apparently the group has been like they've just been hemorrhaging members because leadership has been fickle, to say the least. But guess what? He died of. COVID. COVID. Hell yeah. Um, so Great it wasn't it wasn't all for not, y'all. We got a <laughs> <laughs> we got a charismatic cult leader um to pass away. Hell but yeah. um Gene Spriggs Started the 12 tribes in 1972. Um, but it obviously he didn't just like start a cult one day, it kind of grew out of a youth uh ministry program, and slowly it became more fundamentalist and more fringe. And they like, um decided to fully become their own thing and not follow any other denominations of Christianity when they, like, went to the church that they worshipped at one day and they found that out that church services had been canceled because of the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And they were like, the modern Christians have strayed too far from God. Mm-hmm. And then that's why they, like, started their own church and, like, started living communally and, um, like... Separating themselves more and more from modern mm-hmm. day society, and decided that like the only answer was to return to like the original form of Christianity. So it's all because of the Super Bowl, y'all. So that's the real mistake. The Super Bowl. The moral of the story is cancel the Super Bowl.
1: Make football illegal.
0: Make football illegal. It's out here starting cults.
1: The house down boot.
0: <laughs> it's culting the house down boot. <laughs>
1: culting the house down boots, babe. <laughs>
0: Um, so moral of the story, don't join a cult, don't start a cult, don't watch football, don't play football, don't watch the Super Bowl, (laughs) don't...
1: But definitely maybe name one of your sons, Nuff it's
0: a hot name. And then don't, um, beat that son, even if it's with a, like, rod or whatever that they they said to justify. What
1: if I changed, I'm trans, everyone would have to... I just changed my name to Naftali. <laughs>
0: yeah, they would just have to call you whatever you tell them hey
1: to. Hey guys, so it's like it was Nika for a long time and you can still call me that, but I'd appreciate if you called me Naftali instead. <laughs> Everyone would have to do that.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll lead the way. Just say when.
1: Okay. When?
0: <laughs> 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 this podcast hosted by Anya Voltz and Naftali Lamazzo. <laughs>
1: Doesn't really like roll off the
0: tongue. <laughs> no, but no Hebrew name does. It would
1: be kind of close to what my mom would have named me. Well, the ha- the last half of the name. My mom was going to name me Talia if I was born a girl. Naftali. You call me Tally.
0: Okay, and then that King Princess song would be about you.
1: True, but Talia... Horrible name. <laughs> I am. Oh, uh, if your name is Talia, I take it back.
0: <laughs> Nika's <laughs> shaking her head <laughs> and rolling her eyes. Very
1: um, the Mindy Kaling gif <laughs> of her in the office. Yeah,
0: fully. And real quick, my sources were the Twelve Tribes Wikipedia page, of course. Um, An article from The Mercury News by Shelley Bradbury um, called Long Days No Pay, 12 Tribes Cult Exploits Followers for Free Labor, Ex-Members Say. An article by CU Independent. Called 12 Tribes Under Scrutiny in Marshall Fire Investigation by Coley Dorfman. An article by The Daily Beast called 12 Tribes The Church Preached Child Abuse and Slavery by Luke O'Neill. And the 12 Tribes website itself, 12tribes.org. And an article by Deadline called Controversial Religious Group, The Twelve Tribes, set for docu-series from ITV America's Good Caper Content in Nile Capello by Peter White. And finally, I also used a YouTube video by Tara Trex called The Twelve Tribes and Their Obsession with Through Hikers, Cult on the Appalachian Trail. So yeah, did you learn anything today? Do you not want to eat the Yellow Deli... It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Oh, also, um, when I was talking about their exploitation of their workers and how they don't pay their workers, it um, reminds me of when we went to the Yellow (laughs) Deli with our dear friend, River. (laughs) And um, I was explaining to River that we don't tip when we go to the Yellow Deli because they don't get any of the money. And then he took it upon himself to confirm this by asking them directly, and it was it was the most uncomfortable conversation of all time. He was like, "So, um, if we tip, who gets that?" And then the the guy working was like, "We do." And River was like, "Yeah, but like, <laughs> be more specific. <laughs> like, I know you do. Like, you the organization." Um, But do you get it? Like, you, the server? And then they just, like, kept dodging the question, and it got really uncomfortable. And then as they walked away, I was like, well, thanks a lot, River. Now they're going to, (laughs) like, serve us knowing that we're not going to tip them. Um, But, you know, even if they... You, you know what? I bet the secret ingredient in those goddamn veggie burgers is their spit. I was just their gonna spiteful, say. spiteful spit. Probably. <laughs> Probably. That's why we can't replicate it because we uh, don't have cult spit. Ugh. We don't have sweet Old Testament cult spit. As long as they're taking <laughs> preventative measures with their health,
1: Anya. Enough. Uh. <laughs> hey, mm. <it's> tough. <laughs> <laughs> Nika,
0: Nika wants just one good gag sound before the episode is over, and she sees the garage door closing. <laughs> <laughs> so she's getting as many in as she can.
1: We're not editing a single fucking one of these out.
0: Oh, you're right. We're not. I am. You're not editing a single one of these out. You're right. I'm not. Alisa.
1: Alisa <laughs> <laughs> is not editing a single. <laughs> out.
0: Okay. We should bleep them.
1: <laughs> we should keep them like half, for half of the episode and then bleep the rest.
0: We'll just bleep all the ones starting now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa, like, I can just feel her <laughs> sighing when she hears us say, like, let's bleep this out from here on out. Or, like, what if we bleep this person's name out? And she's like, yeah, what if we did that? For sure. Pierce, uh,
1: can we, like, phone a friend? I just need Pierce <laughs> to make a gagging noise. She's so good at it.
0: Yeah, that Pierce's <clears throat> gagging noise. Is there how- it is.
1: It's like... It's getting closer.
0: (laughs) But too bad we're bleeping them out. They're not going to hear that. But just so you know, everyone, they're getting really good. Like, significantly better. Um, And that gagging noise is how we feel about the 12 tribes is... Please stop.
1: The 12 tribes is horrible cult.
0: Racism, homophobia, misogyny, medical care, mind control, well, exploitation, yeah. <laughs> child abuse, yeah, child labor, yeah. and um, predatory recruitment. Yeah. Give us our reaction to all those things.
1: What? Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs>
0: And with that...
1: Sharks? Wait.
0: (laughs) Wrong episode. Okay, well, Nika just gave away how we end our Patreon episodes. (laughs) And now you guys don't have to pay for it. Just kidding. Please still pay for it. (laughs) Please. Please.
1: (laughs) Anyway. Um, And with that.
0: Test your holes.
1: Test your drugs.
0: And don't join a cult, but do kiss kiss your your friends on on the mouth. mouth.